Wait, wait, wait. Come on. All right, we're live. Podcasters, welcome back. Third episode. We got Bernard with Bro Neck Kennels. I got to know, first out of the gate, how did you come up with the name Bro Neck Kennels? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so man, I, I have to know. <laughs> when I first started, dude, uh, uh, you know, everybody's got timber something or retriever something. And I wanted I yeah. wanted a kennel name that I felt like fits me. You know what I mean? And I was scrolling. Yeah. Uh, I want to say maybe it was Facebook. And there was this guy. And God, I can't remember where he's from. Um, but anyway, uh, he's a big tournament fisherman. And he called... But he also made music, and he called it Bro Neck Music, and I was like, "Holy shit, that yeah, uh, uh, that sounds like the deal." Because, I mean, you know, kind of growing up, uh, the way I did, like all my buddies used to tell me, like, you know, you're like the blackest white guy. No, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right, so, right. Whenever I heard Bro Neck, I was like, "Bro, that's it. That's that's, that's perfect. That's perfect." Uh, that's sick. I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a brother, but I do redneck shit, you know? There you go. I like it. I like it. So how, how old are you? I'm 36. Be 37 next month. Next month. All right. How did you, um, when, when did you find out, you know what? I want to go full-time dogs. Like, but how did you really nut up and like, all right, I'm going on my own. Right. So it was um, November of 2019. Mm-hmm. And before I trained full time, uh, I sold RVs for a living, which I mean, I made a, a, a very nice living. You know, uh, yeah. I won lifestyles that are rich and famous, but, you know, I was comfortable, had some money put aside. And I've been taking dogs in one here, one there. So I took in one, and then I took in two. And by the time I quit selling RVs, I had six dogs. I had six client dogs, but I had like a four-month waiting list. And my wife at the time, I'm like, look, I feel like I really have an opportunity here, and I feel like if I don't jump now, I'll never jump. And I always think about what if. And shit, man, four years later, you know, Still kicking. So so you're you're in four years of your own kennel. Yes. Four years. Yeah. Okay. And I mean like so what what's the waiting list now? Uh so at this point, like my spring uh my spring class is pretty well full, you know, like so okay. Now I'm at the point in my career where, you know, trying to keep, like I did a lot, I still do some obedience dogs, uh, but not nearly as much as I did when I first started out, where now I'm actually yeah. getting um, more competition style dogs, uh, I do hunt tests, you know, and retrievers to where, where I was having to refill a kennel every month when I first started, you know, yeah. like my spring class will last me pretty well about through the year, you know. So, 
uh, and I mean, you know, I'm at the point where I've been doing it long enough to where I'm training people's, you know, second dog or maybe their third dog. Yeah. You know. Right. So you got a you got a returning client list. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I kind yeah. of I've been like I said going around for four years and like to date. I haven't had to really advertise a whole lot at all. All of my right, all my clients come from word of mouth. You know what I mean, and that that means something to me. What's your furthest client away? Like, how do you, like? The are furthest, they all local? No, the furthest dog I think I've had was California, San Diego. Yeah. Dang, how many how many dogs are how many dogs are in each class? So, uh, fifty. 15 to about maybe 16, 17, but that 16, 17 is pushing it. Uh, but that 15 to 16 at this point gives me enough time in the day that every dog gets touched. I don't have dogs on the back burner. It's not yeah. a excuse game where, you know, I'm trying to explain why your dog is not where it should be because I actually give them their time every day. Right, right. What so? What do you? What would you classify? Or not classify? I guess your opinion of mm -hmm. what's the top? What's your? What's the dog you want in your kennel? Like what breed? Oh God! Uh, I mean, of course, like I say that, but like so, dude. I've uh, <laughs> like around here, like I get a lot of weird dogs, bro. Like right now, I got a a pewter pointer. Which most people are like, what the hell is that? What it? You know? Tell me, what exactly. is it? <laughs> exactly. I don't. I've never heard of it. It's an upland style breed. <laughs> uh, kind of one of the versatile uh, versatile dogs are starting to become very popular in the hunting community uh, yeah. because people want something different. You know, like uh, I mean, shit. I've had doodles, damn GSPs, wire hairs, griffons. Are you is a doodle retrieving a bird? Dude, I've had a couple doodles that I was like, for a doodle, you're actually pretty nice. Like you're actually pretty solid. I've had would a couple. Would you take a would you take a doodle in the duck blind? Personally? Yeah. Personally? Uh, you know, different strokes for different folks, and that ain't my stroke, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right, if you're going to the duck blind, what's the what's the dog you want next to you? Of course, absolutely, a lab, hands down, you know, and everybody's, again, the thing now is everybody wants something different, but it's like, dude, there is a reason that labs have done so well at this for so long. That is <laughs> what they are bred to do, you know, and compared to trying to take right. a dog and make it into a duck dog, yeah. I'd rather just kind of start out with one at the gate. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. Um, and then, so I guess um, let's touch base on the, uh, you've been guiding a little bit for somebody. Yes. T tell me about who is it? Is it uh, who you got to travel? A guy for uh, Drabao Lodge. The lodge is located in Humphrey, Arkansas. Which Where are you Our at? lodge is probably... 15 minutes from Biomeda is something that, you know, people would know. Yeah. Uh, where's, your, where's your kennel? Where's your kennel at? I'm out of Higginson, Arkansas. It's a small town just outside of Searcy. Uh, so kind how, of north far, how, 
how far are you from the biometer? From biometer, I'm probably 45. No, probably about an hour. Okay, okay, okay. I was trying to get my bearings like about it. But yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit more. Like what what goes into a a, a dog trainer that's a guide that it, you know guides on the side kind of thing? What what goes yeah, into so- it? Like, of course, this time of year, uh, my client dogs are light, you know, duck dogs are going home doing duck dog stuff, you know, yeah. and so I think I got five in the kennel right now, which works for me during this time of year, honestly, uh, work yeah. my behind off all year, of course, for this time of year, but yeah, so how my days look, you know, I go down like uh, our season opens back up Saturday, so I'll get there Saturday or Friday afternoon uh make sure that there's no need to do things brushing blinds changing batteries etc 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 um but i'll take my dogs with me the dogs the client dogs i got so we'll hunt in the morning we of course typically finish 10 ish finish with the clients that morning get everybody back to the lodge get everybody fed I go out, I work dogs for two or three hours, catch me a little nap. If we got an afternoon goose hunt or afternoon duck hunt on the books, then we'll just get back after it and rinse and repeat, man. Heck yeah. So y'all, are y'all in water in the mornings and fields and afternoons or y'all water everywhere? Uh, So, of course, you know, in this part of the world, like uh, the only thing you're really going to kill on dry dry land is geese, uh, which we do offer. spec hunts you know but uh mostly most everything of course is going to be water okay okay i've never been up a, a bucket list of mine to get out there i want to hunt flooded timber so freaking Come on, man. Dude, i would love to uh, i, I want to get my dog in there it's different you know and uh i guess none of them older i can appreciate it a hell of a lot more uh yeah but as i've gotten older you know what i mean i realized truly kind of how blessed I am to grow up in this part of the country because this yeah. is this is something you know you you can't go anywhere <laughs> you can't go anywhere and it'd be like this. No. I'm you're boring. you're in the Mecca. You're you're literally in the heart of it. And I yeah. everybody wants to get there. Yeah. You know and I, I was blessed to grow up um as a young as a young fellow, did you grow up? Did you grow up publicly? No, I did not. Um, I actually grew up hunting a lot of private timber, so I grew up on this um, rice farm in G Ridge, Arkansas. Literally, if you sneeze going through it, you'll pass it. You'll never know, right? A population uh, of what? There's no. So it says literally G Ridge. <laughs> there's no population, bro. Yeah. <laughs> there's oh no my population. Gosh. So it's like your family, and that's it. I mean, it was my family. There's an old guy um, that lived beside us for a while. And then you had the guy who owned the farm that surrounded the property my dad owned. And, I mean, 10 people maybe, max, maybe, you know? But uh, (laughs) I grew up, you know, uh, hunting the Hildebrand farm as a kid, and until I became an adult to actually, you know, kind of know my asshole from a hole in the ground, I didn't realize how yeah. good I had it, you know? Right, uh, right. I grew up 30 minutes from Biomeda, and I never hunted Biomeda as a kid, like, ever, 
ever did I hunt by meat as a kid. You know, I didn't even know what the hell it yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is definitely. So have you have you gone? Have you done the boat races now that you're older? I mean, I, I mean you know, you can't Arkansas timber hunt and then not kind of sort of be a thing. You know what I mean? Now you have yeah. places where boat races are a little different than others. You know what I mean? But for the most part, at one time or another, it's inevitable. You know what I mean? Uh, right. There's yeah. only it's only so many spots, and everybody wants that honey hole. You know what I mean? Right. And that's I was talking to somebody about it today. Like, so we got a buddy, me and my buddy. We have a buddy that's in Kansas, and um, he's hunting right now, or you know, earlier this morning. Yeah. And said, uh, where, "Where are you hunting at?" He goes. Loose, loose lips sink, sink ships. But like, I'm in North Carolina and you're in Kansas. I don't, I don't, I don't give two shit where you're. I don't, and that that trips me out. Like, if somebody, if I'm in Kansas and they're at home and they say where are you at, I'm gonna be the first to tell them. I don't give a. Fuck. You can't do that, dude. I don't, I don't give a shit where you're at. I'm not, and that trips me out. But like, everybody's like, no, nah, I'm not telling. You. Why? I'm not going there. Dude, when I tell you, like, I've literally lost friends over there. I swear. It's in, it's the most insane thing in my entire life. Like, holy Dude, shit. We're, it's a it thing. doesn't matter. Like, you're, you are 20 hours from me. I don't care where you're at. But you might know somebody, you I know? You just it. never know. <clears throat> it is what it is. I think we're all in the same. We're, we're all, at the end of the day, it's, it's all the end goal. We're all in it together. And that's what, Absolutely. like. So, and that, and I may ruffle some feathers with that, but like, at the end of the day, we're all in it together. We're a yeah, community. Absolutely. We're a dying. We are a dying community. Yep. So, if you're 20 hours away, and I'm trying to just pick conversation, and I say, "Well, where are you at?" Well, I'm not telling you. Well, why the fuck not? You're <laughs> you're 20 hours. I can't even get there in time to go kill the next <laughs> set of birds that come in. What does it matter? So that that's one thing that has bothered me for a long time is I've got buddies now that live 15 minutes away and they go hunt 30 minutes away. And I'm like, they won't tell me. I don't care. I'm not going to go hunt them, but we can have a conversation about it because I may help you out. You could help me right. out one day. Absolutely. Like, it trips me out that we're not, I don't know. It bothers me that we're not, we don't help each other in a community that is so small. That is a dying breed. Man, you know, like, and of course, I can only speak of my experiences that I have, you know, in my life. But like around here, you know, you have like you have buddies throughout the year. But like I have my group that I hunt with pretty religiously. We're yeah. all like we don't all share pins on our own X or anything like that. But for the yeah. most part, you know what I mean? We work together to put together a hunt where I might yeah. have a buddy that I've grown up with my whole entire life. We may hunt together every now and again, but how we talk about hunting is going to be different. You know yeah, what I mean? I get it. I got I got my same couple buddies I hunt with, but like I'm trying to expand it. I want to I want to go hunt with. I've never hunted with Cody. I'd love to hunt with Cody. Never yeah. have, but right. I just I have my group. I get it. I want to expand it. I want to take him to places I've been. I want him to take me to places I've been. I want to expand Absolutely. everything. I want to get everybody dialed in and it just 
it really pisses me off that like somebody won't help somebody in our tight niche community that's dying out. Absolutely, dude. You know, and uh, I, I don't know. And, and you know, of course, again, I can only speak for uh, my experiences here again. But you know, when you pull up at the boat ramp, right? Uh, and let's say you get there at two thirty, right? You get you get to the yeah. boat ramp at two thirty. You can't lunch until four. <laughs> 430. Yeah. And there's which that's not a thing in North Carolina. Right. See, and that's where it's different. <laughs> that, but you get there and there's 42 trucks in line. Yeah. 42 trucks. You know what I mean? Like literally, there could be 42 trucks waiting to back down the boat ramp. So it's like I'll ask I may ask you where you going, just so I know that I don't need to go there. But the chances of me being like, hey, uh, we're going XYZ. <sighs> okay. Not. All right. But you tell but you tell him XYZ, yes. that's where you're going. But you yes. and you beat him there. Yes. And he says, I don't care if you beat me, I'm gonna hunt there where you're at. Right. But you were there first. Do we not have we not learned in the years of all this public land hunting? First come, first serve. Yes, absolutely. But unfortunately, I in mean, that situation, like I'm not that guy. Uh, and you know, if we're not hunting 10, 12 guns, you know, there's five or six of us. Yeah, y'all yeah. just hunt with us. It'll make everybody's life easier. I won't shoot your swings. You don't shoot my swings. Everybody wins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just think it it really fires me up when somebody somebody in our community doesn't help somebody else. Absolutely. Like. We're all, it's literally, we're all, it's a dying breed. Right. And the government, I mean, hell, they're trying to shut us down. So I'm getting, I'm, I'm shadow banned on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, because I post hunting shit. Right. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, that is the world we live in today, my friend. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. So, what you got, man? So, Tell us a little bit about how you got started in the hunting. You know, who got you started in the hunting? How old were you? And stuff like that. Man, so, uh, of course, I've been hunting since I was a little pup, you know. Uh, <laughs> we're <laughs> the closest. Well, we had like a little gas station convenience store at the next little community down. And it was probably 10 minutes. But, I mean, to go to Walmart, you know, it's 15 minutes, you know, so. There wasn't, a, it, there was, there are no neighbor kids. I'm not gonna ride my bike down to Johnny's house. Like, that's that's what we do, man. You know. Uh, but I probably had to be around 12, maybe somewhere in the neighborhood. Um, I remember like it was yesterday. My dad got it when I was a, my dad got it when I was a kid, and uh, that this group come in from Alabama, Mr. Terrell. Uh, it was him, his two grandsons, and his son-in-law. And he was like, man, I'd like you to bring your boys along with us. And of course, absolutely. Had a blast. Shot my first mallard in the face. They've been taking my money ever since, dude. I screwed from that point on, <laughs> you know? Um, so you was know, that your was that your hunting moment, like, where you knew you were going to be in love with it? No, 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 no. So the what's that? The what's the, that I, moment? The I have 
maybe two. Um, the guy who on the farm we grew up on, his name was Chance Hildebrand. Well, Vernon Hildebrand was his dad, but anyway. Uh, it was an afternoon hunt. We were laying on this ditch bank of this uh, rice field, and there was a, there's a reservoir that sits on the south end of their property that's maybe, I don't know, two, three, four hundred acres or so. But as long as I can remember, ducks have always used the hell out of it. You know what I mean? And, you know, the evening shoot, it was the end of the season, blowing up the roost. I ain't going to say don't matter at this point, but, hell, we ain't going to be able to hunt them no more anyway, you know? So we're sitting on this rice levy, and he's like, he said something that I never heard. I've never to this day heard anybody say while I was on a duck hunt. And he looked with a straight face, and he said, if it don't have a band on it, don't shoot it. And I looked at my daddy, and I'm like, what the fuck does that, what does that even mean? You know, and he's like, just give it a little, give it some time, and it'll make sense. Okay. So we're sitting there, you know, it's that that golden hour, and, you know, you see two come in, and then Tim Pack comes in, and then they start coming in in the hundreds to the point that, like, they're running into each other, you know, right here, trying to give back to the roost. And that day, that day, God dang, dude. I, uh, I've never seen anything like that, even still to this day. Give me chills. Crazy. I would pay money to, to have that experience. Dude, I've never, uh, like I said, I'm 36 now, so I'm, you know, 24, 25 years in. Never experienced anything like that again in my life. Not even close. But, what about you? What's your moment? The moment I fell in love with it, well, hunting, hunting in general, deer, duck. Uh, I was with, I was with my, I was with my dad, and I was, I was probably 12, 13 maybe, and I shot, I shot my first buck. That buck that's in the back with the hat on. No, I'm sorry, other one above the with the ducks over here, and <clears throat> I shot that deer. And I dropped it. I was in a box blind. I, was, yeah. I dropped it and then I swung around and I was looking at the field this time and there's a doe. And I'm like, I got a doe tag too. <gasps> Boom, blasted that doe, <laughs> dropped them both. And I went and I gave it about, I don't know, 15 minutes. Thought it was like two hours. Got down, got my hands on this deer <clears throat> and I'm like, I'm hooked. This is it. And then I'm telling you, they it camouflaged brand started taking my money. Rifle, I'm (laughs) telling you. I was like, this is it. This is what I was here for. And then my first duck hunt, I'll never forget it. Mixed bag, two geese, uh mallard, mallard drake, a hen, and then I I think we had like a couple gadwalls and um I was with my dad, my cousin, and his dad and his brother at my farm pond. And I've never seen a duck in my in, in real life at this moment until this day. And it was the coolest thing. We were, you know, you're we're talking like we are. And we've got shotguns. We're in the water in this farm pond. And these birds are just do 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 just hitting the water, bouncing back up. 
and I shoot this duck, and I got it. I got it in here too somewhere. I got a gad wall mounted, and from then on, I was like, I could really like deer hunting's cool, but like ducks are like this, this is, is way different. cooler. My AD ass, I can talk, I can yeah. shoot shit, I can <laughs> hang out, and we're in damn muddy ass water. I'll take it all day long. That's what <laughs> I do. I like to duck up. Yep. I was never. Got, I mean, Cody, I tell Cody, you got, Cody's got some land. He's got some flooded timber action. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We got a, a, a four hundred acre uh, flooded uh, flooded lake with cypress trees in it. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, that's where I do all my duck hunting. But my first, when I knew I was hooked, I didn't even kill anything. <laughs> I didn't even that's kill anything. Hey, that's the best. <laughs> I was sitting there and. and we had a we had a blind that the shot was uh, the shot was probably 150 yards, so I'm sitting there and it was muzzleloader season. Uh, I can't remember how old I was. I was young, but so we have this we had this nice eight pointer walk out and sitting there feeding on the food plot, and I'm in the blind. And, you know, I'm, I think I was like I want to say I was 10 or 11. And I get behind the muzzleloader, and all I do is, <laughs> as soon as I get, I got that buck fever. <laughs> Lord, I tell you what though, I couldn't, I couldn't get on because I was shaking so bad. That's and awesome. he, that, that deer just walked right, or no, that deer didn't walk off. That was the second time. My uncle Orwood, he come up the side in his truck, and the deer said. Oh, but as soon as I knew I started shaking and my adrenaline got going, I was like, this is it. <laughs> you ain't going to lose me now. Nope. That's right. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. <clears throat> I do want to, so when you're, what's your brand for e-collars? I'm a support dog guy. Oh. Okay. All right. Dude, they've always been good to me to the yeah. point that like rarely will I have I call them, hey, this is the problem I got. And more times than not, you know, they try to work with me. Uh, they're very user-friendly. Um, I ain't the brightest crayon in the box. So being user-friendly. So customer service. Customer oh, service is a big deal for you. Oh, absolutely, man. You know, um, especially coming before I sold RVs, um, I was a service manager. So i kind of been in, like, the people business, like, all my life. You know what I mean? So customer service is huge to me you know yeah no, i get that i get that that's that's my big thing i gotta have good customer service and that's why that's why i do it that's why i buy shin shin waiters anything duck hunting now shin 10 out of 10 customer service fantastic i've heard their customer services have you, have you put have you put a pair of waiters on from them i've not bro I'm not. you it is worth the money game changer I'm telling I won't ever wear another pair of waders. Really? I'm telling you. Hmm. What, do, what do you what do you wear? What do you wear uh, right now? I got this. I, have, I wear the sickest now. Sickest. Yeah. He's got that money. Daddy's money. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro. I'm just irresponsible, bro. That's it. <laughs> irresponsible. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely I get it. different. 
I get it. So you're a sport dog guy, e collar. Yep. Why do why do um why do we and I'm saying we dog people call it uh-huh. e collar, and the outsiders is a shot in my head, like common misconception. <laughs> no, well, I say that, you know, like back in the day, you know, they were fucking, they're welders, bro. Like, like, like you can go out yeah. there and put two pieces of metal together with that baby. But you know, now yeah. with technology, you know what I mean? Uh, like I run a 25, 25. So I have low, medium, high at my fingertips, but I also have low, medium, high on the collar. So it really allows me to kind of, cater the collar to the dog that's in front of me instead of just being a blanket you know stimulation yeah no i get that um i, I like doctra I, I'm, I'm a big dog doctor makes a good product i like them the 1900 what is it 1900 s yep yeah 1900. that thing is gnarly yes sir absolutely i like it but i the like their customer is- service yes I was gonna say I got a They're buddy who's a doctor dealer. You know what I mean, and they take care of their people. You know what I mean. Oh yeah, they they really take care of their people. Yeah, I uh, Brad Arrington put me on doctor. I had to. Yeah. I ran it with him in Georgia, and then I was like, "Yep, yeah, this is this is what I want." That's and it. Right. It, it was perfect for me. Right. It was money. So let's let's get into bro neck a little bit. You know, the three the three main questions people have, how much is okay. it going to cost? Okay. How long is my dog going to be going? And okay. what kind of dog am I getting out of training? So, um, right now I'm at 650 a month. You know what I do? <laughs> I, I, I don't take lump sums because let's say you bring, we're going to call him Fido, okay? So you bring Fido to me, hey, I want Fido to be a duck dog, right? We get that first month in, calling you with updates like, hey, man, look, Fido's a little suspect. He may not make the team, right? And at that point, what I'm doing is get I'll give you kind of my professional opinion. It's like, hey, I don't think he's going to make it. We can keep going if you want to. But if not, you know what I mean? We can tighten up the obedience and I can have him home in, you know, a couple weeks, you know? But, uh my basic gun dog package, four to five months, that's going to give you a basic gun dog. When I say a basic gun dog, um, all your own off-leash obedience, collar condition, um, force fetch, steady to the shot, long singles, simple multiples. Um, just again, kind of your, just a basic gun dog. You know, we're not looking for... Uh, uh, let's say if we're buying a car, this is your base model. You know what I mean? It's not to get meant to give you all the fritz and frills, but it's meant to get the job done. You know? Right. And then, of course, once you go past the basic, you know, that's just all going to depend on what you have in your mind as a goal. Like, whenever anybody reaches out to me to check a dog in, that's the one of the first few questions I ask is, what's the goal? Like, at the end of this deal, what do you want? Because if you can't tell me what you want, um, it's going to be, I want to make sure that we're both on the same page and the dog that you get home is the dog that you expected, you know? But like, uh, but like kids, you know, dogs learn at different paces. 
you know, you might have that one dog that's an absolute rock star that what would have took, you know, one dog five to six months, he got it down in a couple. And I mean, he's just that dog that sucks up information. Um, we're on the, of course, the opposite end of that scale, you got the dog who just maybe not be the brightest crayon in the box. But as long as he's got one, two, we can, we can, and you're teachable, we can work with that. You know what I mean? But, um, and then, you know, you get into like your hunt test dogs, that's going, I mean, the questions are the same, what's your goal, you know? Um, getting a dog to, let's say, like an HR senior level, 12-ish months, somewhere in the neighborhood, that should get you a dog, uh, running multiples, running kind of elementary style blondes, maybe not just lights out handling like a, a Lamborghini, but a dog that you can put on a bird, you know, where you get into your finished dogs. Uh, you know, you can be anywhere from 16 to 18 months, depending on the dog. But at that point, you should pretty well have a dog that can handle about anything that you throw right. at it. You know? Right. So say, say I'm, I don't know anything. I don't, I, I, I've never had a dog. I've never, yeah. never ran a dog. Yeah. And I want to go buy this puppy and I want to just, I want to send this puppy to you. And I'm, you know, we've been in contact uh-huh. and I've said, uh, this is the dog I want. I don't know anything about the parents. What what questions do I need to ask the the breeder before I purchase this dog? So, man, you know, like it's been said in like a kabillion trainer videos. You know what I mean? Buy the most dog that you can afford. And okay, does is that your golden ticket that this dog is going to be absolute jam up rock star, Super Bowl champion? No. But what we want to do is try to stack our odds in our favor because the thing I get more than anything is, well, I don't want a field trial dog. Okay, that's fine. Buying dogs from titled parents, number one, gives you health guarantees, number one. So you're getting a, a dog that, in in theory, um, shouldn't have any problems with eyesight, hips, elbows, uh, EIC, CNM, all the things that we look for in labs anyway. Uh, but what those titles show are marking ability because you can't get upper level titles if you can't mark trainability. You cannot get to the upper end of the titles if you're not trainable. Um, and again, it's just putting you in a position where you're you y'all have the best chance of succeeding. Things that I would ask breeders, um, health certs are an absolute must. When I when I bought my first dog in 2011, um, I was that guy. So I, I've learned the hard way. You know what I mean? <coughs> right. Didn't want to field trial dogs. Of course, I ended up hunt testing that dog anyway, which is a whole different story. <laughs> but um, didn't want to field trial dog, you know? So right. I thought. So I just need a dog. I knew what color I wanted, and I knew the sex. Past that, that don't that didn't matter to me. Um, right. As I grew and I learned, uh, so I want to have her hips 
certified so I can send in their OF or get them certified from OFA. And dropped the dog off. Doctor told me, you know, it'd probably take an hour putting her down, taking the x-rays, letting her wake up, etc. No kidding. 15 minutes after I dropped the dog off and he called me, do my heart sank. I'm like, dude, my dog's dead. She died under anesthesia. Like all the things are going through my head at this point. Right. And he brought me in and he was like, man, do you know what you're looking at? And of course, hell, I didn't know what the hell I was looking at. I'm not a doctor. That's why I brought her to you, bud. You know? But he showed me a good hip. And then he showed me her hips. And she was bone on bone on both sides. Long story short, he oh, was wow. like, so this is what you got. You can either retire her today. Not put her down, but she, no hard training. She can swim. She may hunt every now and again, but even that, any high impact exercises need to be cut down to, I mean, as little as possible. And dude, when I tell you, I was devastated. Devastated. Because oh, yeah. at that point, I'd really started to like uh, dive into, you know, what makes a dog and. I had, God bless, a kabillion hours, it felt like, into this dog for it just to be gone, you know? Yeah. Uh, but things I would ask breeders for are definitely health, certif health certifications. What do the parents have an off switch? That is, uh, it's a magical fairy thing in our world, but sometimes you do find it where a dog turns it on outside but can turn it off inside. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so I think my dog's pretty pretty good about that. The on and off switch. Yeah. I think we can relate a little bit to the 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 hip problem. Mine mine towards ACL. Uh, I can't remember what's the what's the word called in dog dog words for ACL. Uh, cru, uh, cruciating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If, if, if there's a vet out there, let me know that word. I'm, I'm stumped on it. But he tore his ACL. He's two years old, his first year. Um, he's done very well. Um, yeah. But I thought he was done. I thought I, I'm, they said, the vet said, if he tears one, he's going to tear the other. So yeah. knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But I'm waiting for that day. Right. Kind of hoping it doesn't happen but i i have a feeling my luck it will happen right. um but he's he's doing very well uh for i guess basically a year behind dog right right but yeah we got we still got a lot of work to do i gotta get him gotta get him set on um i gotta figure out how to where he doesn't break and that that's the hardest part for me man so like all my any dog that I send home, whether it's been here for four months or 18 months, you got two kinds of dogs, Bubba. Ones that have broken and ones that will break. It's just yeah. kind of the nature of the beast, you know? Uh, but what I tell people all the time, put your pride in, leave the pride in the truck, tie the dog out. So at That's the end of the day, the dog coming home is number one. Everything yeah. else is a bonus, you know what I mean? Um, but until you get to the point that like you can rely on him to stay in his spot, just tie the dog out. It's, it makes everybody's life easier and it keeps Fido in a truck on the way home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's it. Do you um 
What what mobile kennel do you prefer? Mobile kennel? What do you mean? Like like, like what kennel to throw in the bed of your truck to go duck hunting? Oh, I'm what a gunner guy. Hands gunner down. Guy. So where they sold me on gunner, um, they did this test where like they put it under this hydraulic press, right? And uh, I haven't seen this. Yeah, YouTube it, dude. It is it that day. I was pretty well convinced that like I've never owned a different kennel. But in addition to that, of course, now that I own them, I can have my dog, or uh, they can be inside the kennel and <coughs> you know, ninety degrees outside. As long as they're dry, when they go in the box, more times than not, the inside of their kennel is going to be 10, 12 degrees cooler than it is outside. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Same thing Looking when, uh, uh, same thing in the cold. Um, so I rare, rarely do I worry about them when they're in the box. I, I, yeah. I, I have like the sense of security with them that, I don't know. Are you, are you sponsored by Gunner? Oh, God, no. They don't pay me a See, dollar. Hey, Gunner, if you're listening, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My man ain't sponsored, and he's giving you a shout out. Yeah, no, nah, dude. I, they they take my money too, bro. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. What you know? Um, what 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 food brand are we are we feeding? I'm on a nookshook now. Um, I was a pro plan guy through and through, and then. I went through like this, uh, like I think they they had to change something in their formula, uh, was it maybe three years ago? Uh, two, maybe three years ago? Anyway, but I went from, you know, in my line of work, a solid stool is important because I have to clean it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I went from everybody being clean to everybody, not everybody, but more than I want to clean not being clean and it's like yeah yeah it's gonna work and then shortly after that they went to you know hundred dollars a sack you know a guy feeding one dog at a hundred dollars a sack all right that's not that big deal when you're feeding 15 and a hundred dollars sack you know last a day and a half two days then it's like well shit that gets expensive fast you know what yeah. i mean um, but I went to Nookshook uh, a little over a year ago now, and I tried just about everything in between. Trying to, I, I was trying to find something pro like pro plan like, but I hands down, no question, without a doubt, wish I'd have switched years ago. Um, it's a thirty twenty five formula, so it's a little bit more fat. Where I went up yeah. from feeding on average three to three and a half cups a day to for now I feed a cup and three quarter to two cups a day. But everybody gains weight. Um, it's a denser kibble and it's not soft. So with the denser kibble, it keeps their teeth super clean. Coats are shiny. Dogs recover fast. I mean, so far so good and I have no uh i'm not looking to change anytime soon i'm very happy do you do you add water or so the thing about a so the thing about a nookshook the kibble's so dense it's 
you'd have to leave it soak for a couple hours before the kibble actually rises, before the kibble floats. Wow. Yeah, dude, it's insane. I've never wow. seen anything like it. I've ne- and I've never heard of this brand. So they were a, um, they're, you can buy it from like Chewy. Yeah. But outside of that, they're direct to consumer. Like, um, I buy about a pallet directly from the food company. Uh, they're based out of Canada. Uh, okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, I I feed Purina right now until today. I don't know what today is. 12-5? Yeah. This dog right here will have a different food plan. Yeah. Purina. Purina they lost me today. They, I, I read something today, the metal in it, and I got to read some more into it, but so like far, the, I'm done with Purina. Uh, I tell anybody coming messed up. I tell anybody coming off of Purina, a Nook Shook is definitely worth a look. It's yeah. not cheap. Uh, right. But is it more than Yukonuba? No, God no, God no, <laughs> no. See, I think, and I think that's what I'm going. I think I'm going to go Yukonuba. Really? I have one to feed. I don't have. 15, 18. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. So yeah. I can I can afford it. Right. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been feeding, man. I'm happy with that's it awesome. so far. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about how, you know, you train multiple kinds of dogs and stuff like that. Is there yep. a dog that – what is the easiest dog to train? <laughs> I want – on the spot, put him on the yeah, spot. Right? I love it. So I wouldn't say that there's one honestly easier than the others because you have you have that dog in just about any breed. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Of course, <coughs> the most successful love. That's just they kind of come out the box ready to learn more times than not. You know, uh, most of them are very coachable. Uh, so yeah, that I'll go have to say loud, hands down. No, what's the hardest one? Cool oh, God, the one that you're uh, like, the one that you're like, this dog is so hard headed. <laughs> I just, I need him, I need him gone. He need to leave. <laughs> what, what, what dog breed is that? So these people know, I ain't buying this dog. Dude, in my experience, um, when people take like German wire hairs, which don't get me wrong, they can be a duck dog. Not saying that they can't, but for the most part, they're bred to be an upland dog that kind of they're independent. That sense of independence in a duck dog, not so great. In an upland dog, that's exactly what you want. So at that point, you're trying to, like, I have this dog, uh, Slew. Don't get me wrong, dude turned out to be a fucking hammer. But God bless America. When I tell you, uh, the dog tested every ounce of damn patience that I had. Uh, he never seen a fence he couldn't jump, ever. I don't care how tall it is. Never seen a fence he couldn't jump. Never seen a piece of ground that he wasn't absolutely pissed off at and ran like hell. I mean, nonstop. I think he ran in his sleep. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure, you know. So... You know, we were talking about male-female dogs. 
Yeah. If you had to recommend which one for someone to buy, would you rather them buy male and send them to you or female and send them to you? Man, I, in my experience, like, I don't really see a difference, you know? Um, I think where the where the duck comes from, from a pedigree standpoint, is more important than if it's a boy or a girl, right? Um, right. Now, personally, I'm a girl dog guy, that, but that's just my preference, you know? For no particular reason, just I'm a girl dog guy. You know, now I do I personally own a male dog, but if I had to pick, it's going to be a girl. Gotcha, gotcha. You got anything else? Man, I do. I, I'm curious. So, shoot. So, Green Greenhead Magazine. Yes. How did this, how did you, this country boy, <laughs> make a magazine cover? Dude, I don't know. I mean, if I'm gonna be honest, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I mean, you're like a celebrity. It. I mean, I don't know, but I wouldn't take it that far. But you know, like, um, I was training a dog for a guy. Uh, Jordan is his name, and uh, best name in the Jordan game. Has, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Right. Best name in the game. Right. <laughs> uh, Jordan had a wire hair pointing Griffon. Her name was Bella. Jam up, little dog. Great per I mean, as a if she was a person, she'd be uh that that girl you see in a party that talks to everybody, but not because like she's talking to everybody, because she's just that cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, train the dog up and I don't know, I firm uh, again working in like this uh with people kind of my whole life, in my opinion, you know. Training a dog is great, but I want to be that guy to where, like, if you're having a problem, like, dude, call me. Let's figure this thing out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And Jordan was kind of that guy, you know what I mean? Um, where he had questions, we kind of had some uh, connections from where I grew up that I didn't, we didn't really know about. But anyway, he was like, man, uh, I, and at that time, dude, my kennel was so weird. I had a standard poodle, two doodles, a griffin. Um, I had a drathar. I mean, I had all the damn weird dogs at one time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I pull up the, yeah, to like group training, and everybody's like, "Dude, what the hell is that? This damn, damn coyote or something?" It's like, dude, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. We still make it happen, okay? We make it work. Don't worry about it. Hold my beer and watch this. That's it. Uh, awesome. But I mean, even in that in that picture there, um, the dog on my very farthest left, his name's Baloo. Um, he was my first Griffin, and man, he. Uh, Talk about a dog that was like special. I feel like he was a lab. He he was a lab. He just didn't know, you know. Uh, and because er everybody told me at the gate, like you don't get the dog to perform like a lab. And I don't know, especially being who I am and what I do. That kind of okay. I'll, that that kind of fuels my fire a little bit. So we're gonna see what yeah. we can do. 
And by the time it's all said and done, um, he he failed uh, two finish tests in his entire career. He had two finish passes before he actually got pulled and went home. Uh, and that was before he was two, which. Damn. Yeah. Which for that breed. Beast. Yeah. Before that breed in the thing, like, you know, we were at a, uh, we're running a finish test in Kentucky and. What part of Kentucky? Got, oh God. Kevil? Kevil? Maybe? Yes. That's uh, I, I'm from Paducah. Oh, boom. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right outside of so, yeah. yeah. So. Hell yeah. Right there. We were, um, we're running a finish test, dude, and I got to the holding blind, and the marshal looked at me with like the fucking googly eyes. She's like, "Uh, sir, are y'all 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 sure you're at the right spot? You know?" And uh, I'm like, "Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good." She's like, yeah. "You know, I'm not like I'm just saying we usually don't see these type of dogs in finish. We know, we know. It's yeah. okay. Hold we're good. Here. Watch this, lady. We're good." Um. Yeah. Uh, but dude, we were running in his uh his first series of finish. Like he when he went through season, like he he uh like he never hunted a bird and any blind he ran, it was one whistle maybe, you know, if he didn't line yeah. it. Very honest dog, uh very watery, loved his job. And went out to his first finish test, and I mean just pow, pow, pow. I was like, okay, big guy. You're feeling yourself today, okay? <laughs> and you know, he ran a good blind. We honored. We went back to the uh went back to the truck getting ready for water that afternoon. And the like the same lady, of course, was like, Are y'all at the right spot? She was like, Good job, like, good job. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> um but man, I don't know. Those the challenges. Because I'm not saying everybody could train a lab, because I'm not going to say that. You know what I mean? But in my head, if I can make a dog out of the dog that most people probably wouldn't want. I can do it to your everyday lab. Right. Exactly. I get it. I get it. Um, Man, I've had a great time. Great night. That was was awesome. I do want to do a part two. That was, I got, I could talk to you for hours. I'm so intrigued. Um, I do I definitely want to do a part two. Tell the people, where can they find you? Give out, give out your Instagrams, whatever you want people Man, to know. I am you. on every social media platform, Bro Neck Kennels. Uh, Bro Neck Kennels on TikTok, Bro Neck Kennels, Instagram, Bro Neck Kennels LLC on Facebook. Um, I would say to date that it's probably been, especially for a guy like really just starting out with just me, you know, social media has been my best friend. That's, I mean, uh, I would say probably in the last few years, you know, I really seen it kind of like, you know, getting dogs from, I had a dog from Carolinas this year. Um, Two years ago, I had. Who was it? Who was it? Who was in Carolina? Um. God bless America. I knew you was going to ask me his name. Come on. Uh, Kevin McDaniels was his name. Kevin Mr. McDaniels. McDaniels. Yeah, Mr. McDaniels, man. He was, uh, I don't know. 
He found me on TikTok. So that's how I found you. I found you on uh I think it was Facebook. Yep. I think I had you on Facebook. Because those sick ass hats. I saw you <laughs> and I saw the hats. I said, I gotta have a hat. Yet I still don't have a hat, but I got a hoodie. Got They're a on the hoodie, way, bro. bro. Hurry up. Way. I'm trying to rock this shit. Tell me about it. I don't it, think dude. I need it. I don't need another hat. My wife, my fiance was Man, you always need another hat. Mendo, you always need another hat. That's just negativity. You can't deal with that. You know. Come on, come on. <laughs> send them, send them, send the hats. I can do it. So, all right. Well, I appreciate you, man. I'll uh, definitely part two coming soon. Appreciate you, bro. Absolutely. I have a good one. You too.